today's topic is for all you Christians out there who've been going to church for maybe a decade or more. In fact, maybe you go to a big church. That's not a bad thing, but here's my question for you. Are you bored with consumer Christianity yet? The truth is you can only listen to so many great sermons and inspiring worship sets. Jesus wants more for his followers. Look, I like great worship just as much as anyone. I'm not saying we shouldn't get lost in our wonderful worship sets at church or in our own time, you know, in our prayer closets at home. I do it all the time. And the teaching content available to us on apps like Right Now Media, maybe your church has a subscription to that, that's all great. We have access to more teaching, to more theology, and really good stuff too, than ever before in the history of the Christian church. But maybe you're watching this video because you realize that you're missing something. There's something more that Jesus wants for you. Christianity in the early church was more than sermons and songs. The first followers were on a mission from God. That might be what you're missing. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus was giving this final pep talk to his church and he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Notice Jesus doesn't say here that you will just be my worshipers, you'll be my listeners sitting in the pews of churches all around the world. No, he says you'll be my witnesses. In other words, he had a purpose, he had a reason, he had a mission for his followers. And that's why in chapter 8 of the book of Acts, it says a great wave of persecution began sweeping over the church and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Now, when they were scattered, they didn't have any mega churches to go to. They didn't have any worship sets or Christian concerts to attend. But verse 4 describes what they did do. It said the believers who were scattered, remember, they were just regular believers, preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Now, when you read the book of Acts, when you read some of Paul's letters in the New Testament, you'll notice that this is a constant theme. The people of God, the church, felt like they were on mission. Church for them was more than sermons and songs. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sermons and songs, but the problem is for the church today, that's what it's become about. The modern Christian has unprecedented access to teaching, to entertainment. The producer ethic of the early church has been replaced by consumerism. What I mean by producer is that we're supposed to be producing disciples. We're supposed to be making disciples, not just going to church. Look, we all know Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says, go make disciples, go produce disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. This is the great commission given by Jesus to his followers 2,000 years ago. And I want you to ask this question. Is this descriptive of your Christian experience right now? Whatever church you're attending, whatever worship sets you're listening to, or whatever sermons you're hearing from week to week. Just be honest with yourself. If this doesn't describe your version of Christianity, maybe, just maybe, you're missing something. Thank God for the access we have to teaching in great worship. 
but are you allowing it to knock you off of mission? Have you allowed it to define your Christian experience? So here's a solution I want to give you. PursueGod.org offers a free, simple strategy to get back to the church that Jesus envisioned. If you're new to the resources, it's just simply this. It's a discipleship library for the modern age to make a producer out of every single follower of Jesus. Use these short topics to engage someone in your world in a meaningful conversation. When you're grieving some kind of loss, to pull away from people. And you know, it's, it's okay to be, you need some time to be alone maybe, but but you, we can take it too far. Um, and so there's just two ways that you can engage. One, you know, let people help with practical needs. All right, I remember um, when my wife passed away, it's been about eight years now, I, I just had some friends who made some phone calls that needed to be made and some other ones who picked up some of my load at work. And um, so just practical people brought over meals. And so I didn't have to worry about that because I didn't have the emotional bandwidth to do that. And then talk about it. You know, Romans 12 verse 15 calls us to be happy with those who are happy and to weep with those who weep. And so in the family of Christ, maybe in a small group or maybe with a mentor, there's someone that, that can help you um, shoulder the load. But also we want to be around people who will help us remember God's faithfulness and God's goodness to us during that time of grief. Yeah, that's good. Now, your last tip, Ross, is, is different from all the others, but I think it's maybe, maybe it's one of the most practical ones. And it comes from one of the Ten Commandments. You say, get some rest. Give yourself permission to slow down and experience what the Old Testament would call Sabbath rest. Grief emotionally has a way of just sapping your energy, and you will be tired. Now, sometimes grief is huge, sometimes it's small, but depending on the size of the loss, but it's still going to have an emotional draining effect. And so I'm not going to be able to do everything I would normally do. I have to adjust my expectations. And it's okay to say no to things that people want from you. It's okay to take us a little bit of time off and just rest. And that Sabbath principle is designed by God to keep us going. And so especially in times of grief, I really need to observe some rest.